Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Creatokia podcast. My name is Videl, and I'm the global head of audio at Bookwire. This is a new podcast about digital publishing through the lens of NFTs, crypto, and blockchain, where every week we dive into this new and fast-moving world, looking at how authors and publishers can take their first steps in creating digital originals and NFTs. So today I'm joined by John, co-founder of Bookwire and the Creatokia platform. Hi, John. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Fine. I'm, I'm excited about our guest today mm. because it feels like entering the world of Hollywood uh, because he's coming in straight from Los Angeles yep. through the internet. And uh, I think this is going to be an interesting talk today. I think it is. It's early in the morning, but I think he's ready for us. And I mean, we've talked about, we've had many, many different types of guests looking at different topics around NFTs because there is a lot to understand. And in a way, this is maybe lies kind of pretty close to the heart of it, which is about storytelling. And so without further ado, our guest, who uh, I'd like to welcome in a second, is Justin Sloan. So Justin so Justin has done many different things, but at, at his heart, he's a creative writer, and he'll tell us in a second. I don't want to give anything away. And John, we're about to introduce him, right? Yes, and um, why it is so interesting, I think we see so many interesting NFT projects, and it's all about the story. And yeah. uh, uh, Chris of the Creatokia team, he he owns a witch out of the Forgotten Rune project, which is a fantasy NFT project where a whole world is created and stuff. So I think you can see when there is a, an interesting story about an NFT project told that has a, an interesting idea of the future, what will happen with the project, people tend to believe more in it and buy NFTs and the project will become more successful. And, and there are people out there who understand that it's all about the story and that they're offering their services around that special topic, which makes NFT projects successful. And we found a person of these and invited them in this podcast. Totally agree. So let's go over and meet Justin. So welcome, Justin. It's really great to have you today. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. You're down the line all the way from the, uh, the West Coast and uh, we're over here in, well, UK, Europe, places like that. So this is really great. It's a real honor and privilege to have you, especially because you're a creative writer. And I think that lies at the heart of what all of us are trying to get to with this um, idea of what is possible when and NFTs in terms of the storytelling side of it. And you are a writer. So it's really, really great. I think it's great to have you with us. I know you, you're already working a little bit around the, in the kind of NFT space, but maybe just to start with, and John, you can jump in anytime as well, because I think you have some kind of sci-fi stuff that you share in common, and I'm maybe not uh, as much of a sci-fi guy as you guys are. Um, but tell us a little bit, how, what, what's your background? You're a creative writer, you studied creative writing, I think at UCLA, and how did you start writing and how did you kind of get into NFTs more recently? Yeah, sure. So, so going back a little bit, the the main thing I use when I'm talking to interviews and whatnot is, I used to try to draw comics and write comics when I was like ten or eleven, and then me and my buddy came up with a couple of video games. Like we drew the maps, we came up with the characters, we did all that when we were twelve, and tried to call video game companies like Capcom, finding the numbers on the back of the boxes for Super Nintendo, and uh, <laughs> tried to sell them our games, and nobody would listen to us. Of course, they're like, oh, "That's not how it's done, little twelve-year-old Justin." Uh, but that was kind of the seed that like later, you know, grew into a tree that was my writing career. So first, though, I went off to the Marines. I did a whole other life. I did government reconstruction and stabilization. I did uh, 
economics and Asian analysis for the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. You don't, you don't look old enough to have done any of that stuff, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been around. I started working as a dishwasher when I was like 14 or 15 illegally and then went on to, you know, live my life. But uh, yeah, so when I was there, what's interesting is somebody was leaving right when I got there to go work in TV. And she's now writing some big shows. She's doing quite well for herself. And this was inspirational. I was like, oh, wow, look at... So I ended up leaving two years after that to go work at Telltale Games, where I did games like Game of Thrones, which was cool because those books kind of got me into writing in the first place and a bunch of other games. And I went on to go write novels and I've probably published about 50 or so at this point. Uh, maybe a hundred, somewhere in that range. <laughs> wow. It depends on if you count like collaboration writing mm-hmm, or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've done some other games and have recently done some screenplay things. Like we sold a show to A&E and we uh, recently had a pitch with Sony, which is really cool. And some other projects, which have been great adaptations from people's novels who we've met through networking and whatnot. And we adapted them into screenplay and sold them. So all that to lead into this of the NFT space about a year ago, Somebody asked me, hey, will you do some ghostwriting kind of thing for an NFT that I'm working on? Just some lore. And I had never thought of it before. Uh, I had thought about doing a novel ghostwriting in a sense where my buddy was like, I have a lot of money. I have no time, but I have ideas. Will you write a book with me and I'll pay you? And so I tried that and that was cool. I was like, wow, this is this is great. I don't have to wait for the royalties to come in before I get a paycheck. And so when this guy pushed me out NFTs, I was already starting to be in that mindset where I was like, okay, sure. I'll try some work for hire situation. And I loved it and it was great. And then I was at lunch with my buddy telling him all about it and excited. And he's like, you seem to really like this. Why don't you lean into that? And to back up a step, my wife and I had already started investing in crypto and mining crypto and stuff for like six months before that. So I was already kind of in that headspace. So yeah, I just leaned into it. I started Elder Tree NFT. I brought in a couple of people to write underneath me. Uh, and so I get projects and I sometimes if I feel like I need some help on it, I'll get one of them. One's more focused on roadmaps and white papers. The other is a little bit more focused on story. He's like a super story nerd. And they're, they're kind of cool in that way because I'm more of this person who's done games and books and everything. And then I have each of them who are their own nerd levels of different things. <laughs> so we work out well together. Uh, and, and that's brought me to where I am today. So I've done like 30 or so projects, worked on lore, story, interactive fiction for some of them, uh, two graphic novels and some video game writing. That's a real breadth. I mean, what kind, just to, I'm fascinated, like, what, what, when you were writing sci-fi, you were writing, like, novelization or novels, right? I mean, what kind of books were they? What kind of stories were they? What was getting you excited when you were doing that? Yeah, so I started off with the fantasy, kind of, in the sense that the fantasy that I was doing even ties into sci-fi to a degree. Mm -hmm. And so I was working in the game world, and I said, I want to make it as a novel writer. How do I take these, like, four or five books that I've done that haven't done so well and get to that next level? So I met up with this guy who was writing books and making like 100000 a month on his novels. And I said, hey, can I partner with you? Can I jump into your world and write something? And, you know, you get to take some of the profits and I get to take some of your market. And he's like, sure. And so that worked out. And that was awesome. And that was this weird uh, kind of post-apocalyptic vampire series. <laughs> but they go into space at some point. So it's vampires in space. And so it's quite, you know, silly, but fun. The audience loved it. He has a very good audience. Like since the numbers that I mentioned, he's gone way above and beyond that. It's insane. And, and that was enough for me to become a full-time author and just be able to live off that. I felt like I was probably losing money by having a day job. So I went full-time on that for a bit. And then I got hardcore into sci-fi stuff. And a lot of it, I'd say it's very Star Wars-esque. It's very, you know, almost on the verge of fantasy. Uh, I think I've only written maybe two or three novels that are pure sci-fi that have no, you know, elements of like the force, which is not the force, of course, but, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff in there. Like, for example, one has kind of these robotic 
animals that are occupied by this alien presence that's more of a spirit. They're not ghosts, but that's just how they are. They're an alien essence and they occupy this living metal. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, that's definitely not just pure sci-fi, but it's got a little bit of that fantasy element. Um, yeah. So probably a good 70% of my series at this point are sci-fi. Great. And I guess just kind of leading into NF- NFTs and blockchain a little bit, how do you think, you know, you've been in this world and now for a little while and the whole world is still emerging and developing. So I think your thoughts are really valuable. And how, what, to kind of listeners and people listening to our podcast here who are still trying to learn and figure things out, what what are the things that you think kind of, how does it fit together, you know, literature and storytelling and writing and, and blockchain? How do you see it kind of fitting together at the moment? Yeah, well, I think the big part is the way I see a lot of these projects is they're building IP. And whether that's IP with utility as using it as a ticket or IP of using it in some other way, I think regardless, they have these cool images that they're using for whatever purposes. And everything is always better with some story behind it, you know? (laughs) So instead of just having an image that means nothing, if they're these robots and you could build this whole cool idea, be this world building behind it of where these robots came from and what they're trying to do, it just makes the audience that much more engaged. But then there's other avenues too, right? Where it's, you could do something interesting with books. You could have the DAO type idea where a bunch of NFT holders are voting on where the story goes. And at the end of the day, you come out with a novel that's published and everybody's excited about it because they helped build that novel to what it became. And along the way, they're excited and engaged. And I think there's uh, all manner of projects. I've, I've been approached by sports things that are going on, sports NFT gigs that are like kind of outside of my normal purview. But I'm like, let's talk. Let's see what what's, what we can do there. What's interesting. Uh, I've been talking with, um, of course, the video game side. You know, everybody seems to be doing a video game mm-hmm. inside of these NFTs, <laughs> like making their, whether it's play to earn or uh, the more advanced ones, you know, that are out there like Star Atlas, I think is one of the really cool mm-hmm. ones. And I'm excited about what they're doing. Uh, and of course, the graphic novels and, and all this, I think that the more that you can throw story behind anything to make it cooler, the more excited people are going to be. But do you think do you think there are if you had to boil it down, because for me, that's one of the interesting things is there is so much going on. and There's so much innovation and it's happening so quickly and so fast. Are there some kind of like essentials that you would say to people like really when you're thinking about an NFT project, think about these key things? Could you boil mm-hmm. it? Is it is it possible even to boil it down to a couple of things? Yeah, I don't know, but I'll spitball here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that a lot of times when I get approached by these people, they're just, they don't really know what they want. Mm. A lot of the ones, they like, they put some cool art together. They come, they stumble up across my uh, website, which is Elder Tree NFT. And they're just like, what is this? What can I do? And so I just kind of look at what they have and I say, okay, well, first let's just do a quick, you know, three to 500 word summary lore to see what it is. And sometimes they feel like that's enough. So we just come up with some cool idea for what it is. Sometimes they realize it's a little too fictiony because they just want to stick to the facts. They just want to say, here's what it does. Here's what it offers you. Uh, maybe have like a one-liner. That's really interesting. So sometimes people already have this kind of finalized world in their head. Is that what you mean? And and then it's a little too self-contained? Yeah, sometimes. And sometimes they have no idea what they want. And then yeah. they ask for like 20 iterations. So I learned early on to say like, we'll do one version. If you end up deciding oh, yeah. you want to totally start from scratch, we're going to start that as a new project. Because <laughs> <laughs> as writers, we have to protect our, our time, right? Yeah. Otherwise, it'll just woo, go all over the place. But yeah, sometimes they're very open to all kinds of ideas. You know, like we, we've brainstormed, like I mentioned, the graphic novels, the, the interactive fiction novels where you go on Discord or whatever, they can vote in there and other options. But sometimes it's very limited to like, oh, I liked that idea at first, but now I feel like it's going to get too too sidetracked. Um, hmm. For example, if you're doing 
like the esports stuff. I was talking with somebody and they're doing something cool with that where they were originally thinking all this sci-fi and fantasy. And then uh, I'm going back to them and realizing that's really cool. But the, the people who are buying into that might find it a little too like sidetracked mm-hmm. because now you're getting into all this stuff over here. And that's the cool thing in itself. But if you're focusing on this esports category and this thing that's out there already, uh, isn't it better to focus on what the fans are and who the fans and how you can relate to that? So I don't want to get too in the weeds on that specific project yeah. because it's uh, in the process. But yeah, as an example. So that's kind of thinking about like a, as every, well, it's a very kind of publishing way of thinking about it. it's like an audience first, but thinking about your audience, right? Who are you writing for? I mean, that's kind of, there's value in that. Right. That right to market concept. Mm-hmm. We got to definitely always be thinking about who the audience is and what they're going to get out of this. Cause I could see some, I don't know, like the, board ape stuff you know i can mm. see there not being a whole lot of story behind that perhaps like <laughs> if you're like let's write some novels and build a whole marvel style universe around this i'm sure we could figure it out yeah. but it's probably not as uh catering to <laughs> to that kind of project as it would be to um meta legends or something yeah and so you mentioned your kind of consultancy is it like a, a elder elder tree nft so tell us a little bit about that and how did that start how do you work on that with people yeah, sure. And that, so that's the one I mentioned earlier, yeah. where it's basically uh, people find us. There's been some really cool projects. Uh, I'll throw out a couple on there. I also am on places like Fiverr and Kubrick and whatnot. And so sometimes that's kind of a funnel into this where they still pay us through those sites, but it's an elder tree project, which is exciting. And so that started with where those people were like, why don't you just lean into it? It was my buddy. I co-wrote a novel with him. He's at Disney and uh, he's a very smart guy. And so he's already thinking about branding and is already thinking about the audience. And uh, he told me to lean into it. And then I just started putting some ads out there and I wasn't even not like advertising, but you know, posts on Cooper and uh, Fiverr on LinkedIn. And it just started flooding, like not, you know, insane amounts, but probably three to five requests a day where I was like, what is happening? What is this? <laughs> That's a new bubble. And so at a certain point, because I'm still doing my own thing, I'm working on a screenplay for someone. I'm working on a, a, couple, a novel that I'm ghostwriting for somebody and working on my own novel as a sequel to something. So I'm like, how am I going to handle all of this and be able to have these uh, normal day job deals? I'm also working on a video game with somebody as, as like a more official capacity. So I have to juggle these balls. And mm-hmm. so I brought in these people that I had worked, written novels with or studied. Johns Hopkins, I got a master's of creative writing there before I did the UCLA thing. Oh. So I know a guy from there who's really smart and I brought him in to work on it. And then an author buddy that I met at a conference. And so I was just bringing these people in and saying, hey, do you want to work on this? Do you want to work on this? And then I decided, why not make it more official? And so now we have our Elder Tree NFT website that looks pretty cool. My wife put it together. So yay for her. And uh, yeah, the way it works now is we just get these projects and we, we can do consulting, we can do uh, roadmaps, white papers, all that stuff. Of course, my preference for when I'm jumping on it is I definitely want to be uh, focused on the story side of it. I'm a storyteller first. I love that part of it. And uh, if it's more of the other stuff, I say, hey, when do you guys come in here and help me out here so that I can revise it and make the language pretty and do the copy, but I don't want to be like the first uh, thought person on making a roadmap or a white paper, right? That's yeah. kind of... Uh, not exciting for novelists. <laughs> but that's really interesting, that full service around for NFT products, uh, for just tick the box, make a roadmap, make a white paper, uh, wrap a story uh, around it. I think that's that that's a cool business model because so many people are trying to release their own NFT mm-hmm. collection. But somehow you already mentioned it. There is a bubble outside. And, and do you agree that maybe many, many NFT projects will somehow fail? I'm sure you want to create a emotion about such a project. 
project uh, for the audience and something like that. But what do you think what it needs to be successful because because projects fail? Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of them that approach us will fail. And so I turn down a lot of them too. If they just feel like they're all over the place or don't know what they want or the art is just atrocious. Uh, I've turned down a lot of these. And I try not to say that to them to piss them off. There was one time where I was like, I just can't work on this. The art isn't feeling me. And they they got pissed. So I've, I've started to learn how I talk a little bit better to these clients. Uh, but yeah, I have to turn down a lot of them. And I do think even the ones that we don't turn down that look awesome or might have some cool story behind it. There's, yeah, it's just like the indie market of publishing where it's so flooded in certain genres. Now there's no way to really compete. And so a lot of them are going to launch and they're going to see maybe some profits, but not like enough to where they are going to become millionaires overnight. Like a lot of people seem to think they will. Right. And then eventually everybody's talking about the bubble bursting. Right. And so it's like, are the ones that are going to have this great utility, are they going to be the ones who stick around? There was, there was one called baristas or something like that. That looked awesome where like everybody who buys into it gets discounts on coffee or merch or whatever. And uh, I, I love these kind of concepts. I think it's great. Like the sports team thing, right? Where the Knicks or whatever are using NFTs for tickets. And that way they get a sale or a cut of the profits if it resells, you know, so you cut out the scalper idea. Uh, I think all of this is great. And the more we can utilize it, like I was mentioning with the movie idea, like if we can do the NFTs and everybody gets to vote on that story and then it becomes this awesome thing you know, based on choices, not just all over the place, or it'll become some piece of junk that nobody wants to watch. <laughs> But the more we can get this in there, I think those are the ones that are going to succeed and rise to the top. And I think a lot of the, even if they have cool stories, a lot of the kind of mediocre ones will just fade away. Just like in novels, you know, there's so many great stories out there that nobody's ever read. Even, this is going to sound arrogant or something, but even my own, <laughs> even some of my novels, like some of them do great. And then I come out with some that I think are so much better. I'm like, this is the best book I've ever written. And then it sells like, a tenth of the ones that I thought were just kind of mediocre, you know? So it just kind of comes down to that idea of, can you find the audience? Can you uh, keep people excited about it? And, and can you find the right audience? Because even if you get it out there, it might not be the people that you're, tr you're true fans, you know? I have another question. It's a kind of going back. because you said, you know, and I, I'm getting the message loud and clear. You're all about the story. So, I mean, yeah. how, <laughs> which it should be. And how, I mean, thinking about the creative writing process and, and, and how you were doing that and what that was for you before. And since you've kind of been doing the creative, you know, the writing side of NFTs and thinking about how it fits into the image and utilities, how does the actual writing side of it feel different? How, how would you say that's changed? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if it totally has. Mm -hmm. So for example, on egg automatons, we did a novella for one of their main uh, rare characters. They have seven that are based on the seven of the sins. And uh, for that, it was straight up a sci-fi novel. It was a little more, you know, it was based on the art and the art was a little silly in a fun way, kind of like tales from the borderlands or something. And so for that, you know, I went to the concept and came up with the concept and it was about colonizers going into an alien planet. And then they find out that all their tests were wrong. Their bodies start falling apart, but a local alien group, guides them to these kind of purple ooze pools that then uh, they use as like a living biological metal that gives their bodies rebirth, but it kind of takes over and some of them, it corrupts them. And so they have their souls, but they're, they're not quite who they once were. And they start having powers and turning on each other. And so that's, that's basically a, a sci-fi novel, uh, but the idea gener was generated by the artwork and the NFTs and the idea that we're trying to cater to this larger group, who's all going to be buying in on it. So part of it, I think, is we have to think about uh, who are the owners and are they going to be excited? You can't just make 
a lead character who everybody hates because then the people who are buying in on this NFTs are going to be like, wait, but this is the, the, the cool NFT card or whatever, you know, digital card that I got. And this guy sucks. And then they're going to be a little less excited about it, you know, versus if it was just the artwork, they might be really excited. So you have to think about that. Like, I don't want to ruin any cool artwork by making something in the story happen that then changes the perception of the artwork. Mm. <laughs> I guess there's that. And then on the interactive side, similarly, you know, we're going interactive. And so we're thinking, what are they going to vote on? How exciting is that going to be? How can we make that story in a cool way? Which isn't so different from interactive games, except for mm. that it starts from that artwork place. So yeah. kind of the origination and focused on a player agency, which is the video game term. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's, but that's quite different from kind of how some people think about like uh, creative writing for novels where, you know, it's like can be in a way that hasn't changed forever. So, uh, yeah. but since then, of course, I mean, what I'm always thinking about is that there are, I come from a publishing background, but I always have to remember there are so many different, I mean, publishing books like, that you'd find in a Barnes and Noble or something like that. But there are so many different kinds of writers. And, and uh, mm -hmm. I always say to people, I don't assume that writing is one thing. There are so many kinds of writers. And just because you, you don't start writing novels doesn't mean you're not a writer because you might be writing for video games or anything else. If you have that or TV or movies or whatever, mm -hmm. or a whole mix of stuff. So I think that's yeah, really sure. interesting. And I think pe people... Uh, people should be encouraged in however, whatever kind of creative writing they, they're doing to think about NFTs uh, as the kind of maybe the next step. Yeah, for sure. There's like an interesting example of what I've been doing lately with the Ectomaton one is there's a one of the main characters is named Pride. And so he has this first one of his early choice moments. He's supposed to be kind of all about himself, conceited. And so there was a moment where they can choose along those rails is what we call it so it's the rails of being prideful or or to help somebody or to do this other option and i was kind of hoping that everybody would choose more of the role-playing options that are more along the lines of pride but no everybody still wanted to like save the person and be the good guys and <laughs> so it's, it's a learning opportunity there where uh, you know in a video game i wonder if more people would have gone along the role-playing aspect of like wait i'm playing this horrible character I want to see what, what happens if I be as horrible as possible. Uh, so I don't know what point that proves, but it's just kind of an interesting observation of what the, where the audience leans. Very, very interesting. And so I think we've got a couple of questions that we were really wanted to ask you. And one of them was, if you could think of, I mean, do you have like an author who you think, my God, I wish I, I, I'd love to see that author doing an NFT? Would it, well, I think Brandon Sanderson is amazing in what he does. Are you familiar with the fantasy author Brandon Sanderson? He did Mistborn, Way of Kings, a, some a of little, the yeah. Wheel of Time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's been great because I believe he kept his self-publishing rights for himself, even though he's like one of the top publishers out there, or top authors out there. And so he's been doing some really cool stuff on Kickstarter where he does leather-bound editions, signed and all that stuff, and other like novellas that are specifically for the Kickstarter. So I imagine he could do something really great in, mm. in the NFT realm. You know, if you had some uh, awesome fantasy art that goes along with his books and he did something cool with it like I know Star Atlas did those moving posters that had extra lore in there if he did something like that uh, and then just the way that he's already so interactive or so engaging engaged with his fans uh, just I, I could imagine him doing great things and of course personally I'm a huge George R.R. Martin fan and Patrick Rothfuss so if they offered their the final books that everybody's been waiting on that they're never going to write as NFTs, then uh, I bet they'd get some big followers. <laughs> I think they would. <laughs> I hope they're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I think Brandon Sanderson was a card player, the Magic the Gathering. So he would, I'm sure he would understand the concept behind NFT very much. Yeah, and he's a huge gamer too. So I, there's already yeah. kind of an overlap, I think, between the gaming community and all this. 
we should contact him with that's Let's a good that. advice. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what about, you know, you're ahead of the game a little bit. I'm not leaving a little bit, a lot. And if some people are, you know, some people think, right, yeah, like, I, I want to do something. I want to, I'm a writer and an author, but I don't really know how to get into the NFT world in terms of story. Do you have any, any nuggets of advice that you could give them? Yeah, I mean, of course, first starting to see what's already out there. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of like the NFT games. A lot of the NFT games I've noticed, or the blockchain games or Web3 games, uh, they don't seem to have a lot of story focus to them yet. Uh, I hope a lot more will in the future. But like uh, Jam City came out with their Champions one recently, which looks cool. It's arena style though, and you know there's the Star Atlas, and there's a uh, there's one called uh, what's it called Lost Relics that looks really cool. It's kind of Diablo esque. There's so many great ones, and I think they need to come out with more story-based ones. But I was going to say, look for what's already out there in terms of story. You know, see what I'm doing, of course. See if there's other people who are doing the same. Uh, one thing I was going to start doing soon, but I haven't started yet, is really doing more of a research focus on the coolest story ones out there and then doing some YouTube channels and whatnot. So that's something you might see in the near future, and then you could just uh, follow me, and then you wouldn't have to do the research yourself. <laughs> but I was going to say, do the research and pull up all the cool stories that's out there. But then as far as getting started, a lot of it, I think, are the key concepts that we already have from our writing chops, whether it's game writing or screenwriting or story writing, and then go out there on Fiverr actually blew me away. Like I was thinking Fiverr is the kind of place where you get like a dollar a, a page or something like that, or a dollar a book, <laughs> you know, it's like, but no, I went on there and I charged legit prices, you know, like $20,000 for some writing and people are like, okay. And you're like, whoa. So I think the point is, if you think you're worth it, or even if you think you're not worth it, try putting the price a little bit higher and just see if people will pay for that. Mm -hmm. And once they do, you start realizing where your value is. So I actually started at a point that I thought was a little bit above what I was worth. And then I doubled that and then I doubled it again. And I'm still getting like two or three requests a day at this point. And I'm like, wow, okay. I guess I feel like if I go higher than that now, I'll be a little, uh, not ripping people off, but it just feels wrong. <laughs> you know, Like I have a certain point that I feel okay with charging. And then above that, I, I, but the point is to put it out there, charge what you think is right, or maybe a little bit more, and then just see what happens. And if you're not getting any requests, you might need to revamp your words or your SEO or something. Yeah. Um, I've also seen people putting blog posts out about NFT writing and metaverse writing. And they're, when you do a search for that on Google, there's a showing up on like third on the page and they're people I've known from the author community. So I'm, I'm interested to see, I haven't followed up with them to see how they're doing on that yet, but I imagine they're getting some cool gigs out of that. So blog posts and going on podcasts and chatting about it, I'm sure are some good ways to get started. Great. And I think you were mentioning before that one of the kind of things I, I heard you talk about earlier was about, I mean, collaboration, right? And working with other people. Mm -hmm. And that, I think that seems to be, I mean, it's, it's such an obvious thing to say. And, and, but of course, like that's how the creative process works. Like you talk about shops and everything else. That's how it's kind of always been. And that's how you get really great writing out of that. So I guess you're yeah. saying like that should be part of it as well, right? Yeah, I always think that's great. Like the people that I brought on, they didn't think they were going to go do NFT writing. But I'm just like, hey, you're a super story nerd. I want some extra story yeah. nerd help on this. So get in there and do it. And they're like, okay. And now they're making some money off of it, which is cool. But also with Jam City and all these companies, Zynga, you know, they they have some big uh, NFT people they've brought on. I'm sure they're going to do something big. Uh, I imagine a lot of these companies are going to be hiring writers in the near future. And there's still a lot of authors 
that you might have come across, uh, and I don't know about in the game world or not, but definitely on the author community, there's a big, what's the word? They kind of hate NFTs. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this, but there was like a YA group that put out a, a joint NFT thing where they were going to, it sounded cool. Like, I did hear about that, yeah. They were yeah. going to do a joint story and then people could like get in on it by buying NFTs and they'd be co-authors or something mm-hmm, like this. Mm-hmm. And everybody hated on them. So they shut down after like a day or a week. Which or was, a sh- like was sad, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Don't don't let people bully you is a is a lesson I'll say here. But the point is, if everybody's hating on it, then and you aren't, then that's an opportunity for you to get in there, and it's it might not be as competitive because all these people think they're holier than us. <laughs> but when NFTs take off and blockchain and Web three games and all that, and suddenly you're the lead writer on the next big Web three game, then uh, who's laughing then, right? <laughs> That's great advice. That's really like great kind of mentoring advice. And I hope that kind of resonates with some of our listeners. I think that's a super helpful kind of message to have. And I guess, well, I have one, I have a final question, which is a little bit crystal ball, but let's go there. So, I mean, if you think about writing and from maybe from a kind of literature and like more the book side of things. So even before, you know, anything else like screen and anything like that, there was, there was that kind of writing and storytelling. And then, and then from the, the publishing perspective, you had this kind of digital transformation. You had the explosion of ebooks and then audiobooks. And this kind of podcast doing its thing, which is also somehow to do writing and scripting and storytelling for sure. And now with NFTs, I mean, if you had a little crystal ball, what would you say? Like, what, what does it hold for the future of publishing and authors in that way? And how do you think people will consume stories in the next phase? Well, I'm going to give this away because I don't think I'm ever going to achieve it, but I think it would be awesome to do. And maybe you're already doing it or somebody is, and you can tell me about it. Like the second, the used book market, right? Like it's such a big thing with used bookstores and whatnot and people, you know, giving books to their friends. And I remember there was a library uh, thing where you could check out books that way. And of course there's all that, the digital library experience. But I, I think it'd be cool to have some some NFT style used books, you know, like where you could put them out there and just everybody gets it for a normal price, ignore gas fees or whatever. And then you have, so if you can do this, one of these, ones that doesn't require that. And then you could resell your used books. You know, you're like, oh, here, here's for 50 cents or a dollar or whatever. And, you know, the main person keeps getting their little cut of each one, which is nice. And so there'd be a cool way to do a used book or used other media or to look at it as a as Kickstarter too, I think is cool. You know, right? These can be, in a sense, a, a Kickstarter because Kickstarter, the whole point is you give them cool things that they think have value. So if you used NFTs and whatnot to, to raise your funds, your money for your next big project, your next movie, your next book, whatever... It seems like a smart way to go. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see in the future a lot more of these big shared world things. I think it's really exciting on the game side, especially because of this idea of, that you could make like a, a Roblox type thing where everybody's building little games within it. And then they have the characters and the NFTs that cross over throughout. Uh, I think that's going to be exciting. Very Marvel, you know, Avengers style crossover universe. And, and that's where I see the real value. And I've done a lot of that on my own writing. And so I'm really a big fan of this whole crossover shared universe aspect and uh, look forward to seeing where that goes in the NFT world. That's great. And I guess kind of implicit in what you were saying is that, and what's happening is that there's a kind of empowerment as well, right, for for writers in doing this, because, I mean, the barriers to entry are the marketplace. You have very direct access to the marketplace. And if you know your audience or you start to research the audience and the, the needs out there, if you are that kind of writer who wants to do that, then there's a real audience out there. For sure. And I think that's one of those things that those the YA group that got shut down was trying to do, but they did it in a way that people who were looking at it saw it as predatory. 
maybe because of YA was associated with it. So they thought teens getting in and making a profit off of teen work or something. But if you could do that same concept, the idea where then it's more of what you're talking about, where you're helping other writers get in on it. And it's more of a shared communal help everybody out process. And it's worded that way. <laughs> then I think that's a really cool opportunity where you're not only doing that for yourself, but you're helping other writers. Cause a lot of people have stories to tell and a lot of people just don't know how to get them out there or they'll put it up on Amazon and, only one person buys it and then they feel depressed and they stop. But the more we can get, I think the more we can get more amazing stories out of the world that are not gated because so many times the gatekeepers don't know what the readers want per se, like vampires in space. You put that out to a lot of the big publishers, they're going to be like, Oh, come on. But that guy has a huge following and, and rightly so because his stories are fun and people can read it in the hospital and pump their fists and just feel like they don't care about being sick anymore. And so, you know, there's the market for all these things and NFTs can hopefully be another route for it. Fantastic. I love that. Justin, I think it's been great. It's been like a nonstop hit fire kind of a conversation, <laughs> but great. And you've got, you've got so many ideas. So, I mean, you're very generous with your time and your ideas. And thanks for, thanks for kind of going through some of these um, topics for us. And I think be super helpful for the listeners. So yeah, thank you down the line from West Coast. Great to have you. And so, so Justin, we also want to mention that, of course, you have a podcast. And if tell me if I haven't got it right, but it's called Creative Writing Life. Correct. That's the uh, the the spinoff from Creative Writing Career, which is still live for now. And so, the new one is Creative Writing Life that I co-host with Paul Zeidman. Yeah, no, it's one hundred percent about writing. So it's uh, the idea is our old one was Creative Writing Career, which is like really focused on how can you get started in the creative writing world. And the new one is uh, creative writing life. So like just the life of creative writers. So similarly, Fantastic. but we're bringing people in to say what got them excited? What, what are they doing now? Maybe how they're marketing, but more just really who are these writers? And we're going for screenwriters, video game writers, novelists. Yeah. And now, of course, uh, people in the blockchain NFT space. Bringing in blockchain. Fantastic. Well, uh, everyone should come and go, and go and check it out on all the usual platforms, right? Creative writing life. So Justin, great to have you. Thanks a lot. And uh, good luck with everything. Good luck with your projects. Yeah, thank you so much. It was great chatting with you all. I hope I didn't speak too quickly. I tend to do that as a California person, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Great. It's great. All the best. Thank you so much. All the best. So, John, it was great to talk to Justin. I think it was super interesting. And I mean, what we said at the beginning, which was like storytelling is is at the heart of, I think will be at the heart of successful NFTs. I mean, there are other things as well, but without the story, I mean, it's just so important, right? Yeah, it is. And I'm somehow a little bit sad because he already left and I want to ask him what's his favorite sci-fi series because the best is Battlestar Galactica, The Second Coming. But whatever... Maybe I find that out in the next episode when Justin is again here. You could find out. You could ask him. I'm yeah. sure he'll tell you. So, well, that's it. I mean, we've come to the end of this episode. And as always, we hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, please tune in to the next one. Please go back and listen to previous episodes if you've just came, uh, discovered us, because we've had a lot of really interesting experts looking at different fields, from UX, from communities to the legal aspects. And we've had a lot of really different and diverse experts. So there's a lot, lot to digest. And this is a fast moving kind of world. So we'll have more episodes coming, weekly episodes. And as ever, please stay in touch through Creatokia newsletter. So you'll find that on creatokia.com. 
please give us some five star happy ratings if you're enjoying things on apple podcasts and uh, of course the discord communities right john that's where a lot of the action's happening yes it is so see you there and uh, see you here again next time bye john bye bye tune in next week please bye